This episode of TGC's Word of the Week is brought to you by B&H Publishing, presenting The Storm-Tossed Family by Russell Moore, a new book about how the cross reshapes the home. Learn more at www.stormtossedfamily.com. If you're still sitting on the throne of your heart, he's not hollowed. He's not holy. He's not set apart. If if the approval of others is sitting on the throne of your heart, if if it's pride, if it's your lust, if, it's your, if there's something sitting on the throne of your heart, he's not hollowed in it. This is TGC's Word of the Week, a sermon podcast from the Gospel Coalition. This week's sermon, The Danger of Hallowed Be My Name, was preached by Tyler St. Clair at Cornerstone Church in Detroit, Michigan, on January the 21st, 2018. The text is Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Listen now to Tyler St. Clair on the danger of hallowed be my name. We're going through the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer of Jesus. The first week, we kind of talked about how not to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus kind of lines out uh, things that were anti-prayer or, or, or ways not to pray, praying for your own glory and and praying in public and things of that nature. He, pray, he, he, he outlined how we should not pray. Last week, we talked about um, how revolutionary it is that that God is our Father. What does it mean that that, that our Father is in heaven? Um, we talked about how that, that word Abba comes from the Aramaic language, and it, the connotation is intimate, close relationship. Um, how a father loves, how a father cares, how protective a father is. And we, we also learned that the only way to have this relationship with the father is through the son, Jesus Christ. Um, so today we're going to talk about the second part of verse number nine, hallowed be your name. And Jesus said, pray like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So, there, there are many things uh, in reading scripture that we have to hold in tension. So, so, yes, he is our father. Yes, he is loving. Yes, he cares for us. Yes, he comforts us. Yes, he is patient. Yes, he provides. Yes, he is Abba. But his name is also hallowed. So, so, so he's not, uh, and I, I used the example multiple times last week of my relationship with my, my children. Um, and so we say his name is hallowed. Hallow means to be reverenced. Uh, it, it means it's holy, it's sacred, uh, it means to be completely other. When we say that, that God is holy, we mean that he's completely other from us. Um, so his name is holy, his name is uh, to be reverenced, is to be uh, uh, feared. So I have a very close relationship with my children, I love them, um, we play, I'm goofy, sometimes we'll just run around the house and that's just how we, we do things in a St. Clair house. But they don't call me Tyler. I'm daddy. They can call me daddy, but they don't call me Tyler. Why, why don't they call me Tyler? Because I have a position of power. I have a position of authority in their lives, and we're not equals. <laughs> they call me daddy. Yes, there is a closeness. Yes, there is a relationship. But, 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 but to a much greater degree, our father in heaven is to be honored. He is to be uh, reverenced. Yes, he is our father, but he's still holy. He's righteous. He's pure. His name is to be hallowed. Notice this. So the, the, the grammatical form of that phrase in the Greek actually is a request. So uh, the, the, the ESV kind of doesn't 
do it enough justice. So Jesus is actually saying um, that this is a prayer request. It says, our Father in heaven, uh, make your name hallowed. This is the very first request um, in this model prayer that Jesus lays out. He lays out seven requests, and we're going to go through them each uh, one by one. But the very first request that Jesus lays out, Father, make your name hollow. What does that mean? Isn't his name already hollow? Isn't he already holy? Father, make your name reverence. Father, make your name uh, a set apart. This is the very first request. Um, if, if we kind of go through the Lord's Prayer, there are um, seven requests. The very first uh, four requests are about God's purposes, God's priority. And then the last three is give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not to temptation and deliver us from evil. So the very first, the first four uh, requests are about God's purposes, God's priorities. And then once we, once we address the much weightier, 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 bigger things, then we can say, give us this day. How do most of us pray? How do many of us pray? How does Pastor Tyler pray? Our Father, give us this day, our daily bread. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Oh, um, in, your, in the name of your son Jesus, your will be done. No, no, no. J Jesus flips it. Jesus says our, our, our prayer should begin. Our Father, what? Make your name hallowed. Make your name holy. Make your name to be glorified. Again, many of us, we pray and we begin and we leave with what we need. Give us this day. Give up, lead us not to temptation. Deliver us. How does Jesus say we should pray? Our Father, your name, your kingdom. Your will be done on earth and in heaven. Then give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not to temptation. Deliver us from evil. When we pray that God's name is hollow, that this is the very first petition. This is the very first request because it lays the foundation for the rest of our, our, our prayer. What are we saying? God, it's not about me. It's about your glory. It's about your name being exalted. It's about every man, woman, boy, and girl on the, on the earth to hear about your great name, your glory, your, your majesty being known, being seen by every human on earth. That should be the foundation of our prayer. Not, Father, give us this day. Give me this day. Give, give, give me this blessing. The very first request is, your name being hallowed, your name being exalted, praying that the Father's name is hallowed is praying for whatever brings him glory, whatever brings him honor, whatever exalts his name. A very noted author on prayer, his name is Andrew, Andrew Murray. He's wrote, oh my goodness, about 12 or 13 books on prayer. He says it this way, Andrew Murray says, In true worship, the Father must be all in all. My time in prayer is much richer once I forget myself and my desire to see the Father glorified. Can I repeat that last part? My time in prayer is much richer once I forget myself in a desire to see the Father glorified. See, it's, it, we, we get so preoccupied and so caught up with the day-to-day minutiae, and we forget that it's not about us. It's about his name being hallowed. It's about his name being glorified. Romans chapter 11, verse 36, it says, uh, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. 
Every, every, everything that God has created, every, every molecule, every mountain, every person, every animal, every blade of grass was created for his glory. What does that mean for his glory? It was created to reflect him. It was created to reflect his holiness, to reflect his righteousness, to reflect his power, to reflect his goodness. Everything God created was for his glory, not for us. It's about his name being hallowed. It's about him being glorified. In prayer, God's name and God's fame covering the entire universe should be our chief desire and our greatest concern in prayer. Can I repeat that? God's name, God's fame covering the entire universe should be our chief desire and greatest concern in prayer. Pastor, I, I pray and... And it, it seems like nothing happens when I pray. You know, I, I talk to God and, and, and I tell him what I need and I tell him what I want and I pour out my heart and it seems like nothing ever happens. Hallowed be your name. And then next week, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then give us this day. I've noticed that in my own prayer life that, that when I shift, when I made that shift from Tyler need, Tyler want, Tyler need, Tyler want, when I made that shift to his name being hallowed, his will being done, his kingdom coming, I would forget to even pray about what I needed. Because it's not about me. It's not about me. Why does Jesus say that, that we should pray that the Father's name is hallowed or, or glorified or exalted? Uh, give me Psalm 138. Psalm 138, verse 2. Excuse me. Um, I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love, for your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. So, what's so important about His name? When we when we, when we um, talk about God's name, so see, we think we can really comprehend and, and like wrap our little feeble peanut brains around the author and the creator of the universe. We will never do it, and we'll have all of eternity to try to comprehend His Majesty. And his power and his holiness and who he is. And I think even in eternity, we won't get a full grasp of it. He says he has exalted his name and his word above all things. So, so God being gracious and God being loving, because we can't wrap our minds around him. He chose to reveal himself through his various names. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God, in Genesis chapter 1, is Elohim. It means his strength. It means his power. This is pointing to God being the creator of all things. Genesis chapter 14, uh, verse 18 and 19, this is uh, the, the, the high priest Melchizedek, and he's having a, 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 a dialogue with Abram, and he says that he is El Elyon, the most high God, that is telling us that he is above all and he has no equals. He has no rivals. Later on to Israel, he reveals, reveals himself as Jehovah. 
Jehovah means Lord. It means the one who is self-sufficient and self-existing. See, God didn't create us because he, he, he needed company. He wasn't born like, aw, you know what? I'm going to create some little versions that kind of look like me. He's self, self-sufficient. He's self-existent. He doesn't need anything. He created us to glorify him, but he doesn't, he's not in need of anything. So he's Jehovah. The Lord, the, the self-sufficient, the, the, the self-existent one. And then all throughout the Old Testament, he, he, he gives us variations of this Jehovah name. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. Je- Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. Jehovah Sikanu, the Lord my righteousness. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord that is present. So all these names, he's revealing himself. He's revealing who he is. So when we talk about hallowing and honoring his name, we're talking about hallowing and honoring who? Him. When we hallow and when we say we're honoring the name of God, we're honoring who he is. This means that when we come to prayer, again, he is our father. He is our father. He desires a close, intimate relationship with us. We should still come with a, with a heart of respect, with a, with a heart of, of, of reverence towards him. Read the Psalms. They don't just say, hey, God, give me this. Give me this. This is what I need. Hey, God. No, there, there, there is reverence. King of kings, Lord of lords, God almighty. There is a level of reverence that we should have. I, I've, I've <laughs> heard and seen so many prayers that just lacked reverence for who God is. I've heard people flippantly pray and flippantly use the Lord's name in vain and flippantly do these things and not reverencing and not hallowing his name. In the New Testament, we see a shift, though. We see a, 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 another set of names appearing in the New Testament. Speaking of the coming Messiah, Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, <clears throat> he says, For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given. The government shall be on his shoulders, and his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus, his name means the Lord saves. Christ means the anointed one, the chosen one of God. There's major significance in names. Nowadays, <laughs> without going into, into any much, uh, much detail, um, we're very, many of us are flipping with names. You know, I, I've met people, I know people who who've literally named their children after cars, named their children after people on movies. Names have a significance. My mother had no idea what she was doing when she named me. Tyler means um, builder, and my middle name, Preston, means a priest who dwells in the house of the Lord. She had no idea what she was doing when she named me. But names have significance. And when we see the names of God, when we see the name Jesus, it means salvation. Christ, the chosen one of God. Names have a major significance, and there's power and there's significance in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 4 so after the day of Pentecost, uh, they, they had um, forbidden, excuse me, they had forbidden the apostle John and Peter from speaking the 
name. It was something about this name of Jesus. They said, don't preach in that name. Don't pray to that name. They, they had forbidden the name of Jesus. And they had been arrested. And they had been beaten. Acts chapter 4. They're standing before the chief priests. Acts chapter 4, verse 10. It says, let it be known to all of you, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God had raised from the dead, by him, this is the man, um, excuse me, by, by him, this is the man standing before you well. Talking about the man that they healed. <clears throat> this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no other name in heaven and earth other than the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 4, verse 10 through 12. So all in Old Testament, we see a hollowing of the Father's name. And in the New Testament, there's another name being hollowed. There's another name being exalted. It's the name of Jesus. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. The spiritually dead awaken in the name of Jesus. Slaves are set free. Slaves to sin are set free in the name of Jesus. Christ's name Make Satan and every power that is evil tremble and bow. The name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. And his name should be hallowed. I've been around and, and got frustrated and I've done this myself and I had to conf confess that I stubbed my foot or something happens. Jesus Christ. Is that hallowing his name? That's not hallowing his name. How often do we flippantly use the name of Jesus? Flippantly Use the name of God. That's one of the third commandments. And this is why in the Old Testament, Israel went out of their way to sometimes not even refer to God's name because they didn't want to use his name in vain. In 2017, it's just so flippant. It's just a phrase, Jesus Christ. But his there's power in his name. I remember when I first heard that name and my eyes were open spiritually. Revelation 19, uh, this is <laughs> one of my favorite passages. Revelation 19, verse 13, it says, this is referring to, to this, this, this man, Jesus. If you don't know, he was crucified. He wasn't crucified for anything that he did. He was crucified for us. He was beaten, tortured for us. He received the wrath of the Father on our behalf. He was resurrected that we can have new life and something is going to happen. Revelation 19, verse 13. And he is clothed in a robe. This is referring to Jesus when he comes back. He is clothed in a robe, dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. Verse 14. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white, pure. We're following on white horses, and from his mouth came sharp swords to strike down the nations, and he will rule with a rod of iron. He will tread the on the winepress of the fury and the wrath of God Almighty. And this is it right here. And on his robe and on his thigh was written his name, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Um, something... There's something about the name of Jesus. And, and, and if you don't bow your knee to him on earth, you're going to have to bow your knee to him when he comes back. 
said he's going to be king of kings, lord of lords. He's coming back to exact uh, uh, wrath on those who never surrendered their life to him. Because of his death, because of his resurrection, because of his sacrifice, the Father has elevated the name of Jesus. Philippians 2 says that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. What, is, what does every include? <laughs> you can bow voluntarily on earth and surrender your life to him voluntarily, or you can be forced to bow with that rod of iron when he comes back. There's power in the name of Jesus. Takeaways. How do we hallow his name in prayer? How do we hallow the name of God? How do we uh, hallow the name of Christ in prayer? First, we hallow him in our hearts. First, we, 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 you can't say our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. You can't verbalize those words and truly mean it if he's, mean it if he's not hallowed in your heart. Excuse me. Give me 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as what? Holy. Holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for the reason of the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. I want to focus on that first part. How can someone stub their toe and say, Jesus Christ? How can someone flippantly use that name? How, 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 can, how can we um, come and, and, and come with self-righteousness, come with haughtiness, come with pride and stand before God and pray? How can we do those things? He's not hollowed in our heart. He's not hollowed in our heart. But in your heart, your soul, your being, what? Honor Christ the Lord as Holy, completely other, set apart, otherworldly, not like you. We can say those things and, and, and we can act the way we act and we can live the way we live because we don't honor him in our hearts. That's why we sung that song earlier, On the Inside. There has to be a heart change. There has to be, and, and even after you become a Christian, there's a continual uh, sanctification process that the Spirit works of honoring and, and deeming him holy in your hearts. You can't say, a hallowed be your name and mean it if he's not hallowed in your heart. Who rules your heart today? I know you love Jesus, you, you love the Lord, he heard your cry, I know you was baptized at six, I know all that good stuff, but who is sitting on the throne of your heart? If you're still sitting on the throne of your heart, he's not hollowed, he's not holy, he's not set apart. If, if the approval of others is sitting on the throne of your heart, if, if it's pride, if it's your lust, if, it's your, if there's something sitting on the throne of your heart, he's not hollowed in it. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. We can't pray and we can't have a, a proper heart of reverence, a proper heart of prayer if we don't deem the Lord holy. Again, yes, he's our father, but he's not our BFF. Yes, he's our father, but he's to be honored. He's to be worshipped. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And again, once he comes back, those who don't honor him, those who have not honored him are going to meet that rod of iron. 
Proper prayer, true prayer begins with the heart of worship. It begins with the heart of worship. It begins with the heart that says your name is holy. You are holy. There, there, there should be, uh, again, we know he's our father. We know he, he loves us. But there should be a, a, a certain level of reverence, even a trepidation. Why? Because he's otherworldly. He's holy. He's pure. Honor him in your heart. And what happens when we honor him with our heart? There's a chain reaction. We honor him with our words. We honor him with our lives. Honor him with your words. Luke chapter uh, 6, verse 45. A good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And an evil person out of the evil treasure of his heart produces evil. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Can I repeat that? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We can't hollow him. Again, we can't hollow or honor him with our words if our heart isn't a heart of worship, if our heart isn't a heart of surrender, if our, if our heart isn't a, a heart to view him as, yes, our father, yes, loving, yes, kind, but completely other. And when our hearts are changed and, and, and when our hearts, uh, when we put Christ on the throne of our hearts, the abundance of our mouth will change. A lot of us, we, 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 we try to, fo- we do behavior modification. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't do this. Especially us parents. Don't say, no. It, it, out of the abundance of their heart, their mouth is speaking what's in their heart. Don't change their words. We need to pray that the heart is changed. When the heart is changed, the words will change. The action will change. The temperament will change. Grace will come out of the lips, not frustration, not anger. Love and forgiveness will come out of the lips. Uh, Prayers of reverence will come out of our lips. When what? The heart changes. We have to hollow him in our hearts. You've been listening to TGC's Word of the Week. Check back next week for another gospel-centered sermon. We also invite you to visit the resources section of our website, thegospelcoalition.org, to find thousands of sermons to help you understand and apply God's Word.